A picture tells a story. It's often been said that a picture can say a thousand words. And if we look close enough, we'll see God in it, and that picture will tell us more than we could have hoped for or imagined. It's a beautiful tapestry of the way that He works in our lives with kindness, goodness, faithfulness, redemption, and ultimately, His love for us. Grab your coffee, or in my case, sweet tea, and let's walk through this journey together. Hi friends, welcome back to the Word Pictures with Meredith podcast. So, Today, I decided that I am just going to fly solo on this one. Lately, I've been having guests share their journey, and this time, I thought I would kind of go back a little bit like we were in season one and just share some things from my heart. Season two is going to be mostly me talking with guests I really just felt led to spend more time um, engaging with other people and learning their stories. But when God tells me that it's time for me to go solo and share something from my heart, I've learned it's best to do what it is that he's asking me to do. So here I am today. I thought since I'm always sharing everyone else's faith journey, It's about time that I share with you my faith journey. So let's go ahead and dive on in. So I grew up in a home of uh, several siblings. I am the second to the youngest of five. I would say that our family um, spoke of faith that if someone were to ask us that we would call ourselves Christian, we would make it to church here and there, but it wasn't something that was a daily part of our lives. It wasn't something that was um, reflected in our choices as much. It wasn't something that was reflected in prayer life or seeking God. I think that we knew that we believed, but as a family, it wasn't something that was on a daily pursuit of God. So growing up, my grandmother was an integral part of my faith journey. I just look back on so many things that she did. I knew that she was praying over me. So when I say my family... I'm talking about just the core, my parents, my siblings. Um, But when it comes to my grandmother, she was definitely a woman of God. She was very, very committed to her relationship with Jesus. And I just remember going over to her house and spending time with her. My grandma and I were extremely close. Um, When I was a newborn, I was very, very ill, and I had 
to have surgeries and uh, just had a lot of challenges health-wise in the first several years of my life. And my grandma actually had some health challenges uh, before I was born. And so we were connected in some of those same ways that um, I had to face as a baby and as an infant that she had to face as a grown woman. So we just had this super special bond between the two of us. And I know even before I can remember that she was praying for me. She was a strong follower of Jesus. I have the pleasure of having her Bible. I think I've shared that with you all before. And she has everything written in the margins. She has everything underneath or uh, so many scriptures uh, underlined. And you just know that that Bible was gone through, prayed through, seeking Jesus, just growing her faith. So I knew that she prayed for me even so much more than what I remember. But when it comes to my faith, I think of my grandma and being at her house, and she always had some sort of sermon on the TV. I just remember always being there, and there was always the Word of God being preached by someone, whether it was TBN, TV channel, uh, she had her favorite preachers, but I just remember always hearing the word of God in the background. And even just seeing images around her house, she, she had pictures of Jesus and her Bible was always near and she just was such a gentle spirit and she loved having me over at her house. I know she loved having the other kids too, but I felt like there was just something special there between my grandma and I. So I do remember going to church with grandma. I would sit with her and grandpa and listen to what it was that the preacher was talking about. I would go off to kids church. Um, I do remember many times going and hearing about Jesus. So some of these things These stories were things that I remembered. I remember hearing about Noah and all the different Bible stories that you would hear as a child growing up. So I knew about Jesus, and it wasn't something that I was completely foreign to, but I didn't know Jesus. There's a huge difference in that, knowing about Jesus, learning about him, about God, but actually knowing him. Those are two very different things, and that didn't happen for me until I was into my 20s. So fast forward here, all of this time growing up and, you know, graduating high school, my husband and I are high school sweethearts, and so much life just happened in between there. We have, we had been married, we had two kids, and we were at the point where we were thinking about where we wanted our kids to go to school at. So we started seeking a new house to move into. And I remember we were working with a realtor and we had scheduled, you know, looking at different houses and different locations. And it just so happened that, and I literally don't even remember all of the details of how this came to be, but there was this house 
in Muhammad, which is where we currently live. And I remember having the information about that house, but it was kind of hard to find because it was county roads instead of just the actual name of the streets. And so I remember my husband and I were out just kind of driving around. At that time, we had a nearly three-year-old and a 10-month-old. And we were just trying to find this house out in the country, in a country subdivision, that is. And we happened to be driving by this house. We finally found it after lots of turns. And there was the realtor. The realtor was at the house. Somehow, and now I know it was completely God's plan, God's will, Somehow we had coordinated this to meet her there at this house. We didn't realize that we had set this appointment up and how we even found the house and how we even got there at the time that she was there. It is a crazy story. I I mean, it's been so long now that I don't even remember the details of it. But all I know is that we did not realize we were supposed to be there. We even kind of got lost trying to find it. But she was there, and it was meant to be that we would buy that house. So we looked at the house. It was a little bit out of our price range because I was a stay-at-home mom. We had two littles, and my husband, of course, was beginning into his career. And so it was definitely out of our budget, but there was just something about that house. I fell in love with it, and after talking and, and just figuring things out, We decided to go ahead and put an offer in, and long story short, we were able to move into that house in July of 1999, and the interesting thing about it, as I said, our son was almost three, and then our middle son was almost, um, well, he was about 10 months old. So the interesting thing about this house is I just remember every time I would get to where I was headed home, I would have to drive past this church. It was a very big church, and the only way to get to my house, essentially coming from the part of town that I would be frequenting, grocery shopping and all those kinds of things, you'd have to drive by this church. And I always remember being fascinated by it and just kind of looking and just wondering about it and wondering what kind of people were there and what they did. And I remember them even having signs out in the yard talking about a free concert on a certain night. And it just was something that was sparking my curiosity. So as we moved into this house, um, unfortunately, there was a friendship that um, I had and we were extremely close friends and we had a bit of a falling out and it was very, very difficult for me. I remember being in the house. We had kind of a playroom because we, at that point we had an extra room. And I just remember letting the, the boys play and I would just lay on the floor and just feel absolutely depressed and hopeless because this person that was my best friend was no longer a part of my life. And I didn't have resolution for it. I really didn't have explanation for it. All I knew is that she didn't want to have any part of the friendship anymore and that I was at a completely broken place. The thing about this friend is our oldest two kids are only two weeks apart. 
So she was the kind of friend that was always at my house or I was always at her house or we were on the phone with each other or it was a very, very integral part of my life at that time as a very young mom of two littles. So not having her in my life anymore was devastating. It was very, very difficult for me. So as I said, I just kind of made it through the days and I don't even know, it's kind of a blur how I made it through because if any, if anyone listening has been through any kind of a breakup, whether that be a friendship or a family member or a significant other, you know when that person is no longer in your life, how much value you placed in that relationship. And sometimes that can even turn to an unhealthy level where you are putting them as quote unquote God in your life. So I made it through that transition. It was extremely difficult, but I just remember driving by that church and just thinking to myself, I wonder what they're about. So I talked to my husband and I just said, hey, I think I'm interested in checking out this church. I don't know what they're about and I'm not comfortable taking the kids, but if you wouldn't mind keeping the boys, I'd like to go on a Sunday and just see see what I think. So of course, he's very supportive and he said, absolutely, you go, I'll keep the boys and So I did. I went on a Sunday. It was um, probably late September, early October, and I remember just kind of going in quietly and sitting in the pew, and to tell you the truth, I have no idea what the pastor was even talking about. I don't even really remember the sermon, but what I do remember was at the end of the sermon, he spoke about this Jesus that I had known about, but I had never known. He had talked about this relationship and how Jesus wanted to become a part of my life, and he wanted to know me closely and be that friend to me. And I just thought, gosh, this friendship that is now broken in my life, clearly I'm in desperate need, and I was just in such a low place. And I just remember hearing those things and thinking, Jesus, I don't know what this is all about, but I know I need you. I know I need you to even function in my life as a wife, as a mom, to even take another step forward. And so I prayed that prayer right along with this pastor, and I invited Jesus into my life. And it, you know, I'd like to say that there was just some thunderous kind of reaction and I got up and I just felt amazing and and everything was rainbows and sunshine and that was not the case. I just know that I prayed that prayer in earnest and I asked Jesus to come into my life and I believe he did. So I went home and just went about my life and I remember the following Sunday after that I once again I said to my husband I want to go back to this church. I want to see what they're I'm going to learn more about them, see what they're about, and um, if you'll keep the kids, I'll go. And of course, he's supportive and lets me, you know, go on my own. And same thing, all over again, I don't even remember what that sermon was about, but I do remember, again, at the end of the sermon, the preacher said, 
that it was, you know, if we wanted to invite Jesus into our life, that we could pray this prayer with him. And I remember just sitting there in the pew with my eyes closed and I prayed that prayer again. And I just said, Jesus, I don't know if you heard me the first time that I prayed this, but I desperately need you. I desperately need you in my life. And I prayed that prayer. And at that very moment, I could just feel him. I could feel that voice. It wasn't audible, but it was just that calming spirit, calming, just, just, uh, just, I guess you could say voice, but not audible that said, I heard you and everything's going to be okay. So fast forward, I learned more about the church and I ended up taking the boys and of course, you know, Sunday school and all of those kinds of things, just learning how to manage dropping the boys off on, you know, the Sunday school time so that I could get into the big church and, and listen to the sermons and grow. And so all of these things, I'm just learning and growing. And my husband, of course, is amazingly supportive of me and my newfound faith in my journey, but he didn't want to necessarily take that on for himself. He was very, very supportive and he would encourage me in any way that I wanted to go, but he wasn't at the place where he was ready to go to church and discover faith on his own, which is okay, honestly, because everyone has a different journey. Everyone has a different direction and God speaks to all of us, but it's going to be on our own on our timeline and and when God is speaking to us and we are ready to accept him. So that was just something that I had to just kind of learn that wasn't part of my control. That was really more about God and my husband, not necessarily about like what I could do to help persuade him into faith. So here I am just growing in my faith, and I immediately learn um, more about the church, and I started going to a MOPS group, which was in um, another town. MOPS, if you haven't heard about it before, it's called Mothers of Preschoolers, and basically you meet twice a month, and you get that time away from your kids, so you're around other moms that have kids preschool age. And then the kids have activities and they have a little almost like Sunday school type thing where they're being uh, taken care of and, and they have crafts and all sorts of fun things. And you get your mom time, which was a huge outlet for me as a stay at home mom. And I absolutely loved this mops group and just learned more about my faith and I grew and made friends and there was just so much that I loved about it. So as I'm attending this current church, I'm just the kind of person where I like to try to help and hospitality is something that I love. So I jumped right into serving with hospitality and just tried to be um, helpful in any way that I could for these people that I was learning to um, grow into relationship with that were helping come alongside me and growing in my faith. So time came um, forward where God laid this opportunity in front of me, and we decided to start a MOPS group at this 
current church, the church where I accepted Christ, because I had gone to a MOPS group at another church in another location, but we didn't have anything like that in this small town of Muhammad, which is where I live and where this church is at. And so it was kind of a neat story, but God brought together the people and we launched our very first MOPS group in our Muhammad location. And that was incredible, just the opportunities to grow in my leadership and to be able to serve these moms and women and children. And so that was just an incredible time of growth in my faith journey. There were hiccups and just learning curves and all sorts of stuff, but I feel like that's just how it is when you're stepping out in faith and following God's call. And we're going to do things imperfectly, but he always comes and walks alongside us and gives us those things that we need to be able to fully step out and, and work in faith. So I'm growing in faith and my parents actually um, had come to know Jesus. There's more behind all of that, but they had gone to another church in another location and I started going to a class with them, and it was a class that was just teaching about the fundamentals of the Christian faith, because here I am, I'm just relatively new, you know, just several years into become, to being a Christian and learning about Jesus, and so this class I went to with them was really foundational. It was just so much just learning all about God and about the Christian faith. And it was just me learning about the Holy Spirit and what that actually looked like in our life and how he communicated with us. And that was, that was really one of the first times where I really felt like I was communicating and diving in more and just learning about the Holy Spirit. And so at the end of this class that I had taken, uh, I chose to be baptized. Uh, that was a huge moment for me. And my husband was there, my boys were there, my family members, and of course, these people that I had met in this group um, of this class, you know, everyone was just so supportive. And that was a huge, huge moment for me. And so I just continued to grow in my faith. I would take, um, I would do Bible studies. Anytime I could find one that was offered, I would just learn more and grow and seek the Lord and just try to grow closer to him and what it was that he had planned for me. And it wasn't always a perfect road because here I am, a young mom. And then, of course, in 2001, we uh, had our sweet daughter. So then we were a complete family of five and just learning learning how my faith um, impacted my mothering, impacted my being a wife, and lots of bumps, lots of <laughs> twists and turns, but I always saw God in the middle of it, and he was always so faithful throughout, throughout my journey. Um, fast forward, of course, because there are so many details that I could share, but I think I would keep everyone longer than what they would want to be kept. Um, one of the things that really was interesting to me, and I think that we don't really speak about as often, is the enemy and how the enemy works. 
so the enemy is real. If you, I'm doing a study now on the armor of God and our battle is not against flesh and blood. It is against these things in the heavenly realms. And the enemy is very much a part of that. One of the things that had started happening was I, of course, was learning more about my Christian faith. I was playing Christian music. I was studying the word. I was really just inviting the Holy Spirit into my life in my home. And there were some things that were kind of popping up in my home that I honestly felt like were some tactics of the enemy that he did not like these things that were happening in my life. And there's a lot of detail that I could kind of throw in there. But essentially what happened was I asked my small group at the time if they would come into my house and we could do a prayer cleanse because there were just some different strange things that were happening. And I really felt like they were tactics of the enemy to try to pull me away from God instead of uh, letting me continue to to press in and grow close to him. So this small group came over and literally room by room, we prayed through my house and we prayed uh, for the Holy Spirit to reign. And if there were any um, any tactics of the enemy that we just, in the name of Jesus, we prayed them out. We let them know they were not welcome. And it's interesting because after this prayer time with this small group, um, a lot of these strange occurrences stopped because I really felt like it was tactics of the enemy trying to come in and trying to scare me and trying to keep me from growing in faith. And if you're curious about more details, feel free to message me. I would be happy to go into more detail on what that actually looked like. But I'm telling you this just because that was one of my first experiences with the way that Satan tries to entangle himself in our lives. And there's a lot more in the future after that situation where I have been able to see Satan and his tactics and and recognize them and not let him try to come in and, and do the damage that he wants to do because it says clearly in scripture that he is out to destroy and kill and he is he is a, pro, a prowling lion looking for vulnerabilities and i say this not as something to try to scare you because jesus wins there is nothing that the enemy can try to do jesus is powerful and he wins but i just think it's really important for us to keep our eyes open and not think that it's just some cartoon character that he, you know, that he can't um, have any influence because he does have influence, but we have to keep our eyes open. So anyhow, I just wanted to share <laughs> that little tidbit. So fast forward some more. Running became a huge part of my life. I had never been a runner and wanted to learn how to become a runner. I'd always admired them. 
So I began a running group that taught you how to run a 5K. And I tell you at the beginning, I absolutely hated it. I I hated it. It was physically challenging. I couldn't figure out my breathing. It was very, very challenging. But I'm the type of person that if you put a challenge in front of me, and if you put a goal in front of me, I'm most likely going to achieve that goal. It's just part of my hard-headedness. And so I began running. I did that 5K, and I didn't like it at all, but I did it. And then there was something about crossing that finish line that really sparked me to want to continue running. So I went from hating it to liking it to actually loving it. And here we are all these years later, and it has grown to a very precious time for me to get out and to be in nature. And as I've shared in other podcast episodes, my running is very, very integral with my relationship with God. I feel like there are so many different times where I'm running and he speaks so clearly to me. He speaks in vision. He speaks in my spirit. It's never audible, but I know when he is speaking, I know it's him. And so this running time has just been so precious to me uh, in my relationship with God. As he speaks to me, I am challenged in so many different ways and... Going back to some of the tactics of the enemy, there was a time where I was running and I just felt such oppression, um, such negative mental space coming over me that it was it was so oppressive. And I tell you, um, it was just a very, very difficult time for me. And so I, In our human nature, sometimes when we go through a difficult season or a difficult situation, we pull back and we're like, I'm never going to expose myself to that place again. And so what had happened for me was instead of going out to my favorite place to run, I was like, okay, I'm going to just run on the treadmill just this one time. And then that one time turned into two times. And then that two times turned into a month. And then it turned into six months. And honestly, what had happened, it was nearly a year that I didn't run out in nature in my favorite place. I pulled back and I was so afraid of that negativity that I experienced on that run. It was, it's hard to describe, but it was a very deep, difficult oppression that took place. And I, I robbed myself of precious time. And so it was nearly a year. And then finally, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I surrendered it to God. And I got back out there. And I was afraid, but I ran and it opened that door back up. And God and I were able to communicate like never before. But I tell you, that's just another tactic of how the enemy works. And I fell for it. I, I, you know, I'm human and <laughs> I make lots of mistakes. But that's one of the times where I just kick myself because I 
chose to not be in the place that I know is so precious to me and to God. And of course, the enemy doesn't want me out there. He doesn't want me communicating with God and having this incredible experience. He wants to pull me away from that. And look what happened was I fed into it and I spent nearly a year on treadmill instead of being out in nature and in beauty and just completely embracing what God had for me. So just another little story of how we just have to be aware. We just have to be aware of what it is that the enemy is trying to do in our life because God has so much for us. It's it's unfathomable, the plans that he has for us. And so I just encourage you to keep your eyes open and be alert. So I'm kind of hopping around a little bit, but I'd like to just go ahead and dive into uh, when my husband became a Christian. So I prayed for him for 15 years that he would have a personal relationship with Jesus. And of course, I know that that has nothing to do with me. And I think about that at times, and I think, wow, why why did it take so long? I know that there's things that we pray for and that we want and we know aligns with God's word, but it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in the time that we hope that it does, but ultimately we know when it happens, it's God's time and it is the best timing. So for 15 years, I prayed for my husband and he came to know Christ and it was not in any kind of a way that I had envisioned or anticipated. It was completely different and it was in God's way and I just give him all the glory and thanks for that. So that was uh, October 2014, and then January 1st of 2015, I really felt led to get baptized again. So January 1st of that year, my husband and I both were baptized at the exact same time, and then we had the honor of baptizing our daughter, Miranda, and she was baptized that day as well. So as you can see, God has just been working tremendously in our lives, and he is so faithful, and he just continues to grow us in our faith, and he continues to grow our family in our faith. And it's just been really neat how God has worked in my husband's life. We have done the Armor of God study, and that was very, very um, moving, it just gave us such incredible tools on how to fight off those attacks that I talked about previously, uh, attacks of the enemy, that is. We have just had tremendous growth, and um, we've been able to serve in our church in various ways. And just praying together, that's one thing that I want to do more of is, is just coming together in prayer, but I've been so thankful for the times that we have joined hands and prayed together. It's just so special to me to think about all of those times sitting in church and just longing for him to be next to me. And now every week we get to sit in church next to each other and we take communion and 
he prays and just submits his requests to God and I'm sitting next to him and doing the same. And that is just a precious, precious thing after praying for so many years in, in this journey that we have together. So I guess I just want to encourage you. There are so many different things that I left out of my journey because as we know, we all have so many details in our faith story that God uses to turn us towards him or uses uh, uses to grow us into the likeness of Jesus. And we could obviously spend days upon days just talking about his goodness and his faithfulness and his love and his kindness. But I want to encourage you with the fact that If there is something that is a desire of your heart, something that lines up with his word, he hears you and he wants to give you those desires. There's times in our life where we just don't understand what is going on and why he hasn't answered our prayers. I know I often wondered why it took 15 years for my husband to come to know Christ. But I tell you, looking back, I know that if he would have became a Christian when I did, I would have leaned on my husband. I would have leaned on him instead of leaning on God. I know myself and I know my personality, and that is exactly what I would have done. And so in that time, I grew in my relationship with Christ, and I grew in my faith. And then when it was time for him to join me in this spiritual walk, We were equipped in the way that it was supposed to be where we could be joined together. And it is a beautiful story as the way that it has been been written. It's not perfect, but it's beautiful because it's our story and it's one that is with Christ in the midst. So I encourage you, keep praying, keep seeking God, keep drawing close to him because he hears your prayers. Early on in my faith journey, God showed me this scripture, and it has been such an important part in my walk. Anytime that I'm struggling, I go back to this scripture, and it just brings me the peace that I need to continue to walk through my journey. So it's Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. My friends, you are loved. He is rejoicing over you right now with singing. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to my faith journey. And hopefully some of it makes sense as to where I'm at today, all of the things that I've walked through yesterday. And there's so much more that is to come. And I know because it is promised in his word. And one of my favorite sayings is, the best is yet to come. I look forward to when we can talk again, friends.